Luigi. I need some lewd Waluigi posters. You need like a Waluigi who's just posing in his boxers or something. <laughs> I need it to be like, you know, the Doug Doug video where he let chat design uh, his guest room yeah, yeah. for his buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how they covered every single wall with Fat Albert posters? Uh, uh, yeah. It's yes. got to be like that, but with lewd Waluigi posters. You That's what the studio is going to be. An artist like. for a girlfriend. She could make you Waluigi erotica. Yeah, but I like don't want her to know that I have it. <laughs> <laughs> he says on a podcast. <laughs> I I can't, I fucking can't believe how funny that fucking was. To me. <laughs> <laughs> she does she listen to the show at all? Uh, when I, I know, do, probably not. Oh, when you do, do you listen to the show? Uh, I'll re-listen to episodes, yeah. Make should, sure everything I, sounds I, good. I don't really. I will say, going back and listening... Only occasionally. Trying to find the midpoints to fix the ad issue. Yeah. I definitely hear an audio difference. Oh, yeah. Between older episodes and newer episodes. <clears throat> I shudder to one. go back to the first Slenderman episode and listen to that again. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we were in a, I mean, granted, there wasn't much echo in that room because it was filled. But... Yeah. We've got this room pretty well treated yeah. at this point. Yeah, I think so. But, um, well, we're just going to get into it then. Welcome, everybody, to Two Towns Over. I am Don. I'm, a, I'm you know, an embodied physicality. Okay. God, just say your name. I'm Josh. Says the guy. Never, dude. Never. <laughs> how many episodes has he been a part of that he hasn't said his name? Hmm? What are you talking about? It's like Josh a 50, says 50 shot. No. But, uh, so, well, yeah. Welcome to Two Towns <laughs> Over, but in the next universe over. Yes. Yeah, where Josh always says his name. And I don't. Mm-hmm. And we are going to start year two on an up note. Uh, I decided that we've done a lot of just dismal... Done a lot of stories that have no happy endings at all. Yes. So I found one today that I think Ruben's going to get a kick out of, full of happiness. I love stories like this. Yeah. Um, Happiness. So we're just going to get right into it. So in January of 2018, Marvel Studios released the film Black Panther. Hey. The film- Wakanda forever. Yeah. The film immediately became a cultural touchstone for many in the African-American community. Family. For the first time, someone of their heritage was being displayed as a superhero. Yeah, damn right. A warrior and a king. And while they have every right to feel that way about T'Challa and the kingdom of Wakanda, today, I wanted to tell a story of a different hero to the African-American community. A man who showed courage in the face of adversity and used his courage to help bring down the Confederacy during the Civil War, the man known as Robert Smalls. I was going to say Django. Django! Django! So Robert Smalls was born in 1839 to Lydia Polite. Him too, but... Yeah. A woman enslaved by Henry McKee. She gave birth to him in a cabin behind McKee's house at 511 Prince Street in Beaufort, South Carolina. He grew up in the city under the influence of the low country Gullah culture of his mother, which is kind of a Creole type culture. Mm -hmm. His mother lived as a servant in the house, but grew up in the fields. Now, Robert was favored over other enslaved people, so his mother worried that he might grow up not understanding the plight of enslaved field workers mm-hmm. and asked for him to be made uh, to work in the fields and to witness whipping. When I'll he was... be honest. Black parents been doing that shit forever. 
Because they're like, you, you, we never gonna forget. <laughs> never ever, we not gonna forget. Now go get a switch. The God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think that's a joke? Like, when he was twelve, at the request of his mother, Small's master sent him to Charleston to hire out as a laborer. For My s- granny had a gray belt, thin as fuck, like the one downstairs. Uh huh. That's that shit lives in my memory forever mm-hmm. yeah like it's it's real like you know you can't forget if you forget what was it all for <laughs> uh hired out as a laborer for six good grief for 16 dollars a week of which he was allowed to keep one dollar now the rest of the wage being Sounds paid for right. his master yeah <sighs> the youth first worked in a hotel then became a street lamp street lamp lighter in his teen years, his love of the sea led him to find work on Charleston's dock, docks and wharves. Smalls worked as a longshoreman, rigger, and sailmaker, and he eventually worked his way up to become a wheelman, more or less a helmsman, though slaves were not permitted that title. As a result, he was very knowledgeable about Charleston Harbor. Hmm. It's weird that uh, that same shit happens today. Oh, yeah. At age 17, Smalls married Hannah Jones. Do I remember Cuba Gooding Jr.'s uh, fucking role in uh, Pearl Harbor? Yeah, he was a shit cook, wasn't he? He was a cook. He wanted to be a sailor, but right. they wouldn't let him because this shit is never ending. <laughs> so he married Hannah Jones, an enslaved hotel maid, in Charleston on December 24th, 1856. She was five years his senior and already had two daughters. Their own first child, Elizabeth Lydia Smalls, was born on February 18, in February 1858. Um, I know we're talking about like a historical figure and all, but I just like to imagine that it goes Robert, Elizabeth, Biggie Smalls' mom, and then Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> Could be possible. Um, I doubt it. Uh, a lot, actually. <laughs> No, that that's for sure the exact family tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So three years later, they had a son, Robert Jr., who died at age two. Anyway, Robert aimed to pay for their freedom by purchasing them outright, but the price was steep: eight hundred dollars, or the equivalent of twenty-four thousand one hundred twenty-seven dollars in twenty twenty-one. He had managed to save up only one hundred dollars. It might have taken him decades to reach eight hundred. In April 1861, the American Civil War began with the Battle of Fort Sumter. Yeah, um, just so everyone's aware, your uh, buying out your slave price was literally the same racket as college debt. Yeah. Literally. We'll give you room and board. You sign this paper or don't if you're a slave. And we basically own you and your shit until you pay us back but the amount of money that you have to pay us back is absolutely ridiculous and you'll never be able to do it right well that was like the whole stick with and then uh we pass your debt onto your children so indentured that they servitude can. yeah where it's you're not technically a slave but you're permanently indebted to me and i'm gonna keep adding debt to keep you here for the rest of your life and you have to do whatever i say so you're basically a slave but mm-hmm. like uh more steps mm-hmm so uh, in the we fu- could make these same arguments now. <laughs> I won't, because I do have a corporate job. <laughs> in the fall of 1861, Smalls was assigned to steer the CSS Planter, a lightly armed Confederate military transport under the command of Charleston's District Commander, Brigadier General Roswell S. Ripley. Now, plant- wait, 
we're gonna have to edit out some silence because I got I have a joke to make, but I gotta remember this guy's name. Hold on. Talking about Brigadier General Hughes. Thank you, sir, Brigadier General Hughes. Yes, indeed, I was. And that's all. That's just a that's a full metal alchemist. Okay, full metal alchemist. So the planter's duties was to survey waterways, to lay mines, and to deliver dispatches, troops, and supplies. Now Smalls piloted the planter throughout Charleston Harbor and beyond on area rivers and along the South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida coasts. Hold on. I can't stop myself. You've seen all the way through Full Metal Alchemist, yes. correct? So yes. you know that even in the Japanese version, he says Full Metal Alchemist yes, in English. It's amazing. Yes. And just like one time, for no reason whatsoever, absolutely uncalled for, he goes, Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> I don't remember that, but and then immediately I it just, will be it, looking for it. It cuts now. to the next one, and he, he's just once again Full, full Metal Alchemist. Okay, I, it's, I, I had I had to mention it. I gotta look it up now. I'm doing it. You can probably find like a compilation of every single time he said it. You gotta know that's what's happening, right? As soon as yeah, absolutely. If there's not one, I'll make it. Oh it's, fuck yeah! So from Charleston Harbor, Smalls and the Planters crew could see the line of Federal blockade ships in the outer harbor, seven miles away. Smalls appeared content and had to conf- the confidence of the planter's crew and owners, and at some time in April of 1862, he began to plan an escape. Ah, peanuts. He discussed the matter with all of the other enslaved people on the crew except one whom he did not trust. You know what I like to think about when we talk about slaves and ships? That one scene from the uh, uh, TV adaptation of Neil Gaiman's American Gods... When Anansi is talking to the ship of slaves, and he's like telling them the future of slavery, and then there's one dude in the front row who's getting mad, and Anansi is like, "This motherfucker knows what's up." I love that scene. It reminds me of the "Bury me at sea" like the rest of my ancestors. Like mm-hmm. that shit, that fucking hits. So on May twelfth, nineteen or eighteen sixty two, the planter traveled ten miles southwest of Charleston to stop at Cole's Island. Uh, a Confederate post on the Stono River that was being dismantled. There, the ship picked up four large guns to transport to a fort in Charleston Harbor. Back in Charleston, the crew loaded 200 pounds of ammunition and 20 cord of firewood onto the planter. It's peanuts. Yeah. Okay. On the uh, evening of May 12th, the planter was docked as usual at the wharf below General Ripley's headquarters. It's three white officers disembarked to spend the night ashore, leaving Smalls and the crew on board, as was their custom. Did the ship disappear? We were going to find out. I hope so. Afterward, the three Confederate officers were court-martialed and two convicted, but the verdicts were later overturned. Before the officers departed, Smalls asked Captain Relia, or Relia if the crew's family could visit. Is that a... What was the name again? Relay. Relia, R-E-L-Y-E-A, Relia, maybe Relia. Uh, so, so it's it's a Lovecraftian character. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just put a apostrophe anywhere in that name. Yes. Yeah, uh, Relia. <laughs> uh, asked if the crew's families could visit, which was occasionally allowed, and he approved on condition that they depart before curfew. When the families arrived, the men revealed their plan to them. Hey, we're fucking getting out of here. <laughs> right. So, like, chill. Like, hey, you, hey, shh, just so y'all know. Dolly, I'll get you. Shut the fuck up about the dolly. (laughs) We are escaping. (laughs) 
So this was the first. The We're women... pirates now and fuck white Dude, people. No, I've been <laughs> I've been trying so hard to get us here. Actually, that's one of my favorite things about like Blackbeard's crew. I think I may have mentioned this yes, recently. You did. I love it, but I want to mention it again because we're talking about Why this specific like thing so right much, now. I, yeah, dude. I, you said that last time too. I think. Yep. Um, <laughs> fucking when Blackbeard's crew would steal cargo from people and then discover that part of that cargo was people, they would kind of line them all up and be like, uh, "Do you want us? Do you want to join us? Or we're not really into the whole slavery deal. So you can either join the crew and be part of us, or like I guess uh, you can take the ship that you're on now." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or just that was like we a could take pretty common somewhere. practice yeah. back then. Is like, oh, you find a ship that's transporting slaves. Well, guess what? Most of your crew is probably slaves that ran away. Yep. Or indentured servants, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, when you come across a cargo of people, you're like, oh, new recruits or a new ship of pirates. Yes. <laughs> that was that's part of Jack Sparrow's that's how you lore build too, a fleet. actually. That's, that's literally how you build a pirate fleet. That's yeah. that's how Jack Sparrow ended up with his debt to Davy Jones. Yeah, was the, good, good. I love that. Yes. Yeah, he uh, his debt was like four, forty souls, a hundred souls. Yeah, yeah. because it, it was a hundred slaves that he set free. Right. Um. And somebody says something at some point to him about uh not following through with cargo or yeah, something like that. People aren't cargo. People aren't cargo, mate. Yeah. So this was the first time that the women and children... That's that deleted scene from when he's talking to the guy from the East Empire. Yeah, Yeah, the East India Trading Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 At Land's End, I think it was that one. Uh, Yeah, I didn't watch them all. Oh, well. I definitely did. I fucking love those movies. (laughs) I did too. I love, like, the first three. Mm -hmm. At Land's End was the third one. It's at World's End. At World's World's End. End. I saw that one, but it was so long Curse of the Black Pearl on Stranger Tides at World's End. I'm pretty sure. Curse no, of the Black Stranger Pearl, Tides Dead Man's Chest. Dead Man's ah, Chest. Yes. That's Stra- it. Because uh, yeah. that's the... Fuck, the now i got to look it up again. That's where we get the iconic Johnny Depp scene that is, I've got a jar of debt. Yeah. I've got a jar of debt. <laughs> and guess what's inside it? I'm... I might have to convince convince Kat to to rewatch all of Pirates of the Caribbean with me. If she won't, her mom will. Her mom is in love with Johnny Depp. Honestly, same. (laughs) So this was the first time that the women and children had heard of the plan, although Smalls recently had told his wife, Anna. No, sorry. I'm sorry. That was disrespectful to Biggie. No. She had known that Smalls longed to escape, but hadn't realized that he was formulating a plan and intended to execute it. Damn, it does really sound like Biggie Smalls right now. (laughs) She was taken aback, but quickly regained her composure and told him, it's a risk, you dear. I'm pretty but, sure she told him to chase that money. <laughs> but you and I <laughs> and our little ones must be free. I oh, will go fuck for no, where you... about Robert Smalls. Yeah. For where you die, I will die. My mistake. The other women were less steadfast. They cried and screamed when they learned that they had what they had stumbled into, and the man struggled to quiet them. When they talk about a ride or die, that's what the fuck we mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Later... Once the shock had worn off, those women admitted that they were still glad for a chance at freedom. Now, at some point, three crew members... And you know what? That's no disrespect to the other women either, because that's scary. Yeah. Like, that's terrifying. Listen, listener, you think it's weird to move to go to college or whatever. Imagine running from a slave owner who you are owned by. Yeah. Right. Who can kill you when they find you or do any other number of horrible shit. Right. That's that's literal fate worse than death type shit. Yep. So at some point, three crew members pretended to escort family members back home, but circled around and hit aboard another steamer docked on the North Atlantic Wharf. 
At about 3 a.m. on May 13th, Smalls and seven of the eight enslaved crewmen made their previously planned escape uh, to the Union's blockade ships. You've been hit by... You've been struck by some rad pirate ships. <laughs> Smalls put on the captain's uniform and wore a straw hat similar to the captain's. He sailed the planter past what was then called Southern Wharf and stopped at another wharf to pick up his wife and children and the families of the other crewmen. You're not going to say a goddamn word about that? No, I don't think I will. No? Mm-mm. But um, it, I, will, uh, I will go ahead and mention that did you know... That Harriet Tubman... Read One Piece, bitch! What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was going to be... I knew it just had a fuse on it. Like, I I just had to light the fuse. Mm -hmm. So, Smalls guided the ship... If if you listen carefully, you can hear the hissing sound in the background. (laughs) (laughs) So, Smalls guided the, the ship past five Confederate harbor forts without incident, as he gave the correct signals at checkpoints. The planter had been commanded by Spinas. Captain Charles C.J. Oh my God, Relia, and Smalls copied Relia's manners and straw hat on deck to fool Confederate onlookers from shore and the forts. Damn, straw hat on deck is definitely another potential name for the One Piece podcast. Actually, that's good. That's real good, actually. So the planter sailed past Fort Sumter at about 4.30 in the morning. As the nearly free slaves approached Fort Sumter, the apprehension grew. It was the most heavily armed of the Confederate forts and tended to be... I love that you're getting into the mememing of it and you haven't really read it yet. (laughs) Yeah. This is a good sign. Uh, The fort tended to be manned by the most suspicious soldiers. One of the men aboard later said, when we drew near the fort, every man but Robert Smalls fell to his knees, or felt his knees giving way, and the women began crying and praying again. I fucking bet. As the planter approached the fort, peanuts. several men urged Smalls to give it a wide berth. Really on the peanuts. But Smalls no, refused. No, I'm going to do it until you guys get the joke. I'm not going to get the joke. It's the I'm planter's gonna... peanuts. Oh. oh, sorry. There it is. <laughs> uh, so Smalls refused, saying that such behavior. You look so disappointed. I really am. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> saying that such behavior would almost certainly arouse suspicion. He steered the ship along its normal path, slowly, as though he were merely enjoying the early morning air and in no particular hurry. When Fort Sumter flashed the challenge signal, Smalls again gave the correct hand signs. There was a long pause, the fort didn't immediately respond, and Smalls now expected cannon fire to shred the planter at any moment. Finally, the fort signaled that all was well, and small, Smalls sailed the ship out of the harbor. That's nerve-wracking as fuck. Yeah. I, that is that is literal, like, that's horror. Yeah. Yes. That is peak, like, suspense. Yeah, get out ain't got nothing on that situation. No. <laughs> so the alarm was only raised after the ship was beyond gun range. Rather than turn east toward Morris Island, Smalls headed straight for the Union Navy fleet replacing the rebel flags with a white bedsheet, which was brought by his wife. The planter had been seen by the USS Onward, which was about to fire until the crewman spotted the white flag. Yo, his plan was man is so good. Truly a fucking... Listen, I literally cannot believe that they have not made an Assassin's Creed game about this guy. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, yeah. he's, he's, he's so fucking cool. Because, you know what? We haven't had Civil War. Yeah, Assassin's Creed. I was thinking yet. that because I'm playing we, Odyssey. Or, there uh, is literally right one or, yeah, called Origins Assassin's Creed, Creed Civil War. 
Yeah, but it's, it's not the, the it's, Civil War. Is it one of like the offshoot games, like no. non-mainline? No, it's hold on. It there might... was Revolutionary War. Yeah, that was that three. Might be it. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, because that was I killed me a whole lot of redcoats. <laughs> That's what I'm I just remember uh, talking to you and Sammy, and she said that you were playing. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3 and you were waiting to find Alexander Hamilton. I was going to see if I could find at least some mention of yeah. Alexander Hamilton and I was like, in Assassin's not in Creed there. And 3. And the depression that crossed her face when I said that. Because I had beaten it. Now they did have... Uh, no, I had beaten it too, oh. but like it a was long an time off, ago. It was an off one. Oh. Yeah. There is one called Civil War. I was I was right but wrong also. Is it one of like the 2D side-scroller ones or something? No, I'm looking at it right now. <clears throat> Because I didn't like they like they finally did one that was in China, but then it was like a two D side scroller and sucked. I mean, I I guess it didn't suck, but it wasn't for me. Uh-uh. Everyone's so... still just begging for an Assassin's Creed in like feudal Japan, and we'll we're never gonna get it. So God, I want that so bad. Yeah, well, because now they're just doing like Valhalla and Origins. What they're like doing different from, pieces of ancient history. Yeah. So in the dark, the sheet was difficult to see, but the sunrise arrived with uh, which allowed ah. viewing. Assassin's Creed: Last Descendants is the game that this is, and it is. Oh, that ain't even a game. That's dumb as fuck. That's a book. <laughs> oh, books are dumb. What the fuck? Fucking nerds. Follow our Audible. T- <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, according to one witness account, just as the number three port gun was being elevated, someone cried out, I see something that looks like a white flag. And true enough, there was something flying on the steamer that would have been white by application of soap and water. As she neared us, we looked in vain for the face of a white man. When they discovered that we would not fire on them, there was a rush of contrabands out of her deck. Some dancing, some singing, whistling, jumping, and others stood looking toward Fort Sumter and muttering all sorts of maledictions against it. And the heart of the Souf, generally, as the steamer came near, and under the stern of the onward, one of the colored men stepped forward and taking his hat off, shouted, Good morning, sir. I brought you some of the old United States guns, sir. That man was Robert Smalls. So he even stole the guns that were just put on the ship. What a fucking legend. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That was... This is what I mean. He had a plan. He yes. had a real mm-hmm. good-ass plan. Hey, officer, can we do a thing you've let us do before? Right. Cool. Great. Now we get everybody on the deck, and guess what? I've got the straw hat. <laughs> I've got the fucking hand signals. I've, we've got the know-how, because we are literally sailors. Now our families are on board. Our officers know that we have seen us walk some of them home even. Yeah. Now we're past the fort. Oh, more. And then there's another ship of the Union instead of the Confederacy. Yeah. So here we are. Now I've got these guns that we just so happened to have picked up. No, right. he fucking planned it. Yeah. So the onwards captain, uh, John Frederick Nichols, boarded the planter and Smalls asked for United States flag to display. Honestly, at least as cool as T'Challa. Thank you. My my mouth didn't. He surrendered the planter and its cargo to the United States Navy. Small's escape plan had succeeded. The planter and description of Small's actions were forwarded by Lieutenant Nichols to his commander, Captain E.G. Parrott. 
In addition to its own light guns, Planter carried the four loose artillery pieces from Coles Island and 200 pounds of ammunition. And a bunch of peanuts. Mm -hmm. And a fuck ton of peanuts, dude. (laughs) Most valuable, however, were the captain's code books containing the Confederate signals and a map of the mines and torpedoes that had been laid in Charleston Harbor. He came with fucking military knowledge, weapons, and a crew full of people. Come Mm -hmm. on now. Small's own extensive knowledge of the Charleston's region's waterways <laughs> waved, I think. Oh, uh, and military configurations proved highly valuable. Parrot again forwarded the planter to flag officer DuPont at Port Royal, describing Small's as very intelligent. Yeah. Small's gave detailed information about Charleston's defenses to DuPont. Commander just, of the blockading fleet. I hate that because they said described him as very intelligent, yeah. but you know that because I it is what, the time they're like for a black guy. Yeah, I will say this. Um, one of the things I really love about Black History, or no, excuse me, one of the things I really love about my ADHD is that <laughs> I get to relearn shit that I know. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, it's so good. It's a good feeling. <laughs> that is the best thing about ADHD. You're right. It's one of the very few good things about yeah, it, honestly. Uh-huh. It's like people make that joke about Alzheimer's all the time. Oh, you yeah. get to meet someone new every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's with ADHD, it's like you, you get like you get five or six different YouTube content creators, and, and you, you get, get to, to re-experience them, yeah, yes. <laughs> every few years. Yeah, I think I'm about to re-up on the Game Grumps here in about a year, maybe. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's been enough time since I've watched a Let's Play, you know? Yeah, <laughs> true, true. So federal officers were surprised to learn from Smalls that contrary to their calculations, only a few thousand troops remained to protect the area, the rest having been sent to Tennessee and Virginia. They also learned that the Coles Island fortifications on Charleston's southern flank were being abandoned and were without protection. This intelligence allowed Union forces to capture Coles Island and its string of batteries without a fight on May 20th, a week after Smalls escaped. DuPont was impressed and wrote that, I'm sorry, yeah, the Union would hold the Sterno Inlet as a base for the remaining three years of the war. DuPont was impressed and wrote the following to the Navy Secretary in Washington. Robert, the intelligent slave and pilot of the boat who performed this bold feat so skillfully. Even the Union still calls you a slave, by the way. Yeah. Um, just and, just so that we are all aware of where the U.S. really stands. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it also was just technically accurate. I mean, at that point, he was a former slave. Yeah. Yeah. He had officially escaped at that point. Once once he had that ship basically under his control. It, yeah. yeah. I just mean to point out that even the Union was like, no, it's, it's you. you're either a slave or a white man still. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, informed me of the capture of the Sumter gun, presuming it would be a matter of interest. He is superior to any we have come into our lines, intelligent as many of them have been. Smalls, oh, is this going to, this is, having just turned 23, quickly became known as the, in the North as a hero for his daring exploit. Newspapers and magazines reported his actions. The U.S. Congress passed a bill awarding Smalls and his crewmen the prize money for the planter. Valuable not only yeah. yeah yeah maybe that's cool valuable not only for its guns also but... also very rare yeah 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 valuable not only for its guns but also its low draft in Charleston Bay Southern newspapers demanded harsh discipline for the Confederate officers who joint whose joint shore leave had allowed Smalls and his men to steal the boat this is how much they hate black people is that they will punish white people for allowing black people to become free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, they, well, I'm God. I'm about to sound like I'm defending them, but no, it was probably also because they lost a valuable ship. And well, know, yeah, yeah, fair, but mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Uh, so it was also monetary. Small, <laughs> small share of the prize money came to fifteen hundred U.S. dollars, equivalent to about forty thousand seven hundred fifteen today. That's that's enough for him to yeah. buy both of. Uh, it was what his mother and it was his uh, his daughters or his all of his family. I don't yeah. remember who now. Yeah. Um. Immediately after the capture, Smalls was invited to travel to New York to help raise money for formerly enslaved people. But Admiral DuPont vetoed the proposal, and Smalls began to serve the U.S. or the Union Navy. Yeah, no, they they found out that he possessed the ability yeah. to fight the Confederacy, and they were like, "You're gonna do that." Too much of a valuable resource. Yeah. Yes, uh, especially with he his he, detail- over, he over displayed his capabilities. Yes. Mm-hmm. He made himself irreplaceable. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, especially Which, to be fair, good for him so that they won't kill him immediately or whatever, right? Send him back or something. Mm-hmm. But like, which it was, it was what Admiral Dupont that yeah. wrote that letter talking about how good he was. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's what did it. Mm-hmm. it. It was it was the the words of a white man that basically put him into a different kind of servitude. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, they wanted him especially with his knowledge of detail, his detailed knowledge of mines laid to near be Charleston. Fair, if I, well, let's say first, fuck white people. Second of all, to be fair, if I were in that situation and my choices were go to New York and become a public speaker or absolutely rain hell down upon the people who yeah. enslaved me for my whole life, it's the second one every time. <laughs> However, with the encouragement of Major General David Hunter, the Union commander at Port Royal, Smalls went to Washington, D.C. in August of 1862 with Reverend Mansfield French, a Methodist minister who had helped found Wilberforce University in Ohio and had been sent by the American Missionary Association to help formerly enslaved people at Port Royal. They wanted to persuade Lincoln and the Secretary of War Edwin Stanton to permit black men to fight in the Union. Although Lincoln had previously rescinded orders by Hunter and Generals Fremont and Sherman to mobilize black troops, Stanton soon signed an order permitting up to 5,000 African-Americans to enlist in the Union forces at Port Royal. And then they basically made them meat shields, but... Oh, was Operation Get Behind the Darkies Yeah, South Park? Yeah. (laughs) It's, you know, traditionally... Uh, black people ain't been treated real good in American wars. No. Wait, wait, wait. Really? I know it's hard to hear. Yeah. But. Um, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, yeah. Uh, there's an issue with what white people did. That. Yeah. But. I know. I know, man. It's hard I, to. I but I'm a white people. No, I, I, I know. You're I know. the whitest of the white. I yeah, you're telling me. (laughs) 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 There is only one more white than thee. Wait, Um, who? Cat. Oh, (laughs) both. Both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Those who did uh, the African Americans who did serve were organized as the first, (laughs) or Alex Jones, depending. Yeah. Are the oh, uh, were God, organized oh. as the first and second <laughs> South Carolina regiments, parentheses colored. Smalls worked <laughs> as a civilian with the Navy until March of like eighteen. 18- internet meme. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so Smalls worked as a civilian with the Navy until March of 1863 when he was transferred to the Army. By his own account, Smalls was present at 17 major battles and engagement in the Civil War. What a fucking hero, dude. After capture, the Honestly. planter required some repairs, which were performed locally and went into Union service near Fort Pulaski. The boat was valued for its shallow draft compared to other boats in the fleet. And the uh, draft, for those who don't know, uh, it's how... higher in the yeah, water. So it doesn't, it can go in f- closer. Um, Smalls was made pilot of the Crusader under Captain Alexander Rind. In June of that year, Smalls was piloting the Crusader into Indisto in Wadmala Sound. Tell me that this isn't a fucking Assassin's Creed game. Oh, yeah. Right. For real. Start to finish. This is the intro. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. This is the two and a half hour long intro before you see the title screen for the Assassin's Creed game that you're playing. If he ever gets captured or something, that's like the end of the intro. Yeah, and then you get you have to go earn your shit back. Yeah. Right? No, then you you play as his son. Oh, there well, you go. Mm. <laughs> so um, I could get behind that. Let's see here. Uh, you you meet an assassin as you're escaping the 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 prison together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So He's like here, put these robes on. <laughs> so Smalls was playing uh, pilot, no, piloting no, the Crusader. You know what it is? Is his wife was working as an assassin already, ah. and then when he finally fucking leaves the thing, it's like the white sheet. Actually, that's assassin's clothes. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, we got there. Dude, contact Ubisoft right I'm, now. I'm gonna call them right now. I'm like, <laughs> I can be on your multicultural team of various <laughs> belief systems or whatever. <laughs> So Smalls was piloting the Crusader <laughs> when the planter returned to service and an infantry regiment engaged in the Battle of Simmons Bluff at the head of the Edisto River. He continued to pilot the Crusader and the planter. While enslaved, he had assisted in laying mines, then called torpedoes, along the coast and river. Now as a pilot, he helped find and remove them and service the blockade between Charleston and Beaufort. He was also present when the planter was fired upon at several fights in Adams Run in the Dalho River and at battles at Rockville, at Johns Island, and the second battles of Pocotaligo. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Uh-huh. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Rockville. <laughs> it's literally you said a bunch of shit that was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a river. Okay, yep, cool. Yep, that yep, sounds yep, like a yep. bay. Oh, shit. Rockville. <laughs> so he was made pilot of the Iron. I wonder what they did there. <laughs> they rocked. <laughs> he was made pilot of the ironclad USS Keokuk, again under Captain Rhine, and took part in the attack on Fort Sumter in April 7th, on April 7th, 1863, which was a preamble to the Second Battle of Fort Sumter later that fall. The Keokuk took 96 hits and retired for the night. Sinking the next morning, Smalls and much of the crew moved to the Ironside, and the fleet returned to Hilton Head. It's the Clash at Hilton Head. Nice. In June of 1863, David Hunter was replaced as commander of the Department of the South by Quincy Adams Gilmore. While Gilmore's arrival, where with Gilmore's arrival, Smalls was transferred to the quartermaster's department. Smalls was pilot of the USS Isaac Smith, later recommissioned in the Confederate Navy, the Stono, in the expedition on Morris Island. When Union troops took the south end of the island, Smalls was put in charge of the lighthouse inlet as pilot. 
On December 1st, 1863, Smalls was piloting the planter under Captain James Nickerson on Folly Island Creek when Confederate batteries at Secessionville opened. Yeah, opened. Sorry. Nickerson fled the pilot house for the coal bunker. Smalls refused to surrender, fearing that the black crewmen would not be treated as a prisoner of war and might be summarily killed. Smalls entered the pilot house and took command of the boat and piloted it to safety. For this, he was reportedly promoted by Gilmore to the rank of captain and made acting captain of the planter. Hell yeah. Nice. In May of 1864, he was voted an unofficial delegate to the Republican National Convention in Baltimore. Later that spring, Smalls piloted the planter to Philadelphia for an overhaul. See, the thing is, all you got to do when you're a black man in this country is be better than everyone else, and then you might become a captain. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. You know, you want to know how this plays into an Assassin's Creed story? You, You play this whole story, and you meet an assassin, like two-thirds of the way through the game, and then at the end, there is heavy implication that he became an assassin later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's wearing, that's what I'm saying, the sheets were the assassin's garb, but just yeah. like Black Flag, he's really just a pirate for the whole game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you, he may have become an assassin, maybe. Exactly, yep. And then his no son becomes, like, the worst Templar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That that's about how those work, yeah. No, that's that's literally what happened with that. Mm-hmm. Hate them. It was, was kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the the very I end, forgot like, that that went the opposite way. As as the credits are oh, rolling, but then it goes. So it literally goes from Hatham as a Templar to his half uh, Native American son right. as an assassin. Yes, but Hatham's dad was the pirate guy. Right, I Edward. remember that. Yeah, Edward yeah. Kenway. It went yeah. fucking backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it went. Uh, the cyclical ki- nature ki- of killing of, people. Or kind whatever. of assassin. Yeah, a a hardcore Templar. Definitely a pirate. Then and a Templar. definitely an, assa- an assassin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, in Philadelphia, he supported what was known as the Port Royal Experiment, an effort to raise money to support the education and development of formerly enslaved people. At the outset of the Civil War, Smalls could not read or write, but he achieved literacy in Philadelphia. In 1864, Smalls was in a streetcar in Philadelphia and was named what? <laughs> Desire. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I and- love achieved literacy. Yes. Because it's something that we take for granted so mm-hmm. much oh, yeah. now. Oh, yeah. It's just like almost oh, 90% of people know how to read in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than 90%, probably. It's, yeah. It's at least, at least the whole world the knows how to read now. Right. And then you hear that this guy, after battling his for his whole life. freedom at the age of 23 learn to read after that right. probably no we've had a few battles he's probably like in his late 20s by now yeah, yeah. uh so where's that as smart as he was and he couldn't read yeah fucking think about that <laughs> yes so he was on a streetcar in Philadelphia and was ordered to give up his seat to a white passenger mm-hmm. rather than ride on the open overflow platform smalls left the car this incident of humiliating a heroic veteran was cited in the debate that resulted in the legislature's passing a bill to integrate public transportation in Pennsylvania in 1867. Wow, he did he did a Rosa Parks. Yeah, uh, Rosa Parks did a him. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, from from kind of. <laughs> I, I I knew about the other one first. That's so fair. for my perspective, it's yeah. so in December of 1864. Time is fucking weird. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Smalls and the Planter moved to support William T. Sherman's army in Savannah, Georgia. 
at the destination point of his march to the at the destination point of his march to the sea. Smalls returned to the planter to Charleston in his harbor in April of 1865 for the ceremonial raising of the American flag again at Fort Sumter. Smalls was discharged on June 11, 1865. Other vessels Smalls piloted during the war included the Huron and the Paul Jones. He continued to pilot the planter, serving as a humanitarian serving a humanitarian mission of taking food and supplies to freedmen who had lost their homes and livelihoods during the war. On September 30th, the planter entered the services of the Freedmen's Bureau. Small's position in the Union Army and Navy has been disputed, and his reward for the capture of the planter had been, has been criticized. During his life, articles about Small state that when he was assigned to pilot the planter, the Navy did not allow him to hold the rank of pilot because he was not a graduate of the Naval Academy, which was a requirement at the time. To assure he received proper pay for a captain, he was commissioned second lieutenant of the 1st South Carolina Volunteers, later redesignated the 33rd U.S. Colored Infantry, and detailed uh, to act as pilot. Many sources also state that General Gilmore promoted Smalls to captain on December of 1863 after he saved the planter while it was under attack. So basically they gave him a promotion to pay him what he should have been paid as the thing he was actually doing? Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Later sources state that Smalls did not receive a, or did receive a commission either in the Army or the Navy, but was likely officially a civilian throughout the war. In 1865, his salary as commander of the planter was given in a newspaper as $1,800, the equivalent of about $31,000 in 2021. He and the planter were in Charleston Harbor when the Union ships in 1865, or with the Union ships in 1865, and transported from shore all of the African Americans who wanted to attend the flag raising ceremony at Fort Sumter. Later in his life, when Small sought a Navy pension, he learned that he had not been officially commissioned. He claimed he had received an official commission from Gilmore, but had lost it. In 1883, a bill passed committee to put him in the Navy on the Navy retired list, but in the end was halted, allegedly due to Smalls being black. In 1897, a special act of Congress granted Smalls a pension of $30 per month, equal to the pension for a Navy captain. In 1883, during discussion of the bill to put Smalls on the Navy retired list... Yeah, the U.S. has never been good about veterans. No. No. Uh... A report stated that an 1862 appraisal of the planter was absurdly low and that a fair valuation would have been over $60,000. However, Smalls received no further payment until 1900. That year, Congress passed a statute paying Smalls $5,000, less the amount paid to him in 1862 of 1500, for his capture of the steamship. Many still feel that this was less than his due. Well, yeah. He was fucking instrumental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Immediately following the war, Smalls returned to his native Beaufort, where he purchased his former master's house at 511 Prince Street. Dude, that's the that's best a baller ass play. move. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking Fifty Cent or Jay Z, whoever buying uh, apartment blocks. Fuck you. Buy your slave owner's house. Yes. <laughs> Which Union tax authorities had seized in eighteen. By the White House, bitch, I dare you. Exactly. I was just gonna say I was just gonna say it'd be like buying the White House. <laughs> but yeah, his his master had basically uh what's the word on taxes? Didn't pay his taxes. Who yeah, whatever. Wow. Yeah. Later the former owner sued well, the to same re- thing that rich white people have been doing forever. You yeah. Know? The former owner sued to regain the property, but Smalls retained ownership in the court case. 
The case became an important precedent in other similar cases. His mother, Lydia, lived with him for the remainder of, his, of her life, and he allowed his former master's wife, the elderly Jane McKee, to move into her former home prior to her death. Wow. That is grace. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that is. It's she she must That's have nobility been yeah. is what that is. She she must have been much nicer while obviously super complicit in the whole oh, yeah. you know, well, slavery even thing. If, even if she wasn't, dude, like you let an old lady die in her home. Right. You know? Yeah. So Small spent nine months learning to read and write. He purchased a two- Unless she was a Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> but he sure as shit wasn't going to do that for the husband or that oh, one no. lady uh, the or the Emmett Till lady. Fuck her. Yeah, absolutely. Send her to jail. I don't care. He purchased a two story Beaumont, Beaumont building to use as a school for African-American children. By the way, we're not even halfway through the story. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Robert Smalls did a lot of shit. Yeah. In 1866, Smalls went into business in Beaufort with Richard Howard Howell Gleaves a businessman from Philadelphia. They opened a store to serve the needs of freedmen. Uh, Smalls also hired a teacher to help him study. That April, the radical Republicans who controlled Congress overrode President Andrew Johnson's vetoes and passed the Civil Rights Act. In 1868, they passed the 14th Amendment, which was ratified by the states to extend full citizenship to all Americans regardless of race. Smalls invested significantly in the economic development of the Charleston-Beaufort region. In 1870, in anticipation of the Reconstruction-based prosperity... Damn, and he was old when he died, too. Yeah. Yeah. Smalls was fellow rep- with fellow representative Joseph Rainey, Alonzo Rainsier, and others formed the Enterprise Railroad, an 18-mile horse-drawn railway line that carried cargo and passengers between the Charleston wharves and... Inland and inland depots. Sorry, this is not what I expected him to look like <laughs> because I'm going to show you this picture in a second. But he does look like a black Colonel Sanders. <gasps> nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like fully. <laughs> so, uh, except for one white director, uh, carpetbagger newspaper editor, legislator. Excuse me, what you've never heard the term carpetbagger? No. In the history of the U.S., carpetbagger is a largely historical term used by Southerners to describe opportunistic Northerners who came to the Southern states after the American Civil War who were perceived to be exploiting the local populace for their own financial, political, and or social gain, which they were. You can see it in the economics of the U.S. today. Yep. So aside from the one guy, uh, newspaper editor, legislator, and county treasurer Timothy Hurley, the railroad's board of directors was entirely African-American. They were literally doing the same thing that those celebrities did when they were trying. They were singing "Imagine" after all the fucking. Yeah, that's the same shit they were doing. They yeah. were trying to capitalize on stuff. Um, Robert H. Kane was its first president. Arthur B- author Bernard E. Powers describes it as the most impressive commercial venture by members of Charleston's black elite. Smalls owned and helped publish a black-owned newspaper, the Beaufort Southern Standard, starting in 1872. Nice. Smalls was a loyal Republican, which... It meant a different thing yeah, back then. Yes. Nothing like the Republicans uh, yeah. Republican during that time literally meant a person who was in favor of a republic. Yep. Yeah. Which dominated the northern states and passed laws granting protections for African Americans, whereas the Democrats, who dominated the South... People opposed- who were in uh, supposedly into democracy, right. but weirder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, opposed these measures. After More the, like modern day libertarians. Yeah. Really. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing to compare to the modern day Republicans. No. 
Whereas mm, sure there is. Well, <laughs> well, you uh, don't even have to go as far back in history. <laughs> After the Civil War, Republicans passed laws that granted protection. Uh, sure, there is. It's literally Democrats from the Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, they passed laws granted that granted protections for African Americans and advanced social justice. Again, Democrats largely opposed these initiatives. On August twenty second, for anybody 19- who's going to listen to this bitch and be like. Oh yeah, see Democrats are the ones. No, you're you're absolutely wrong. Currently today, the Republican Party is the slave patrol party literally. Yeah. Absolutely fuck off, eat my ass. <laughs> so, on August 22nd, 1912, Smalls wrote the US Senator Newt Nelson. I never a lose sight one. of the fact that I had it not been for the not Republican as good Party. As a commander in my opinion. <laughs> um I never lose sight of the fact that if it had not been for the Republican Party, I never would have been an office holder of any kind from 1862 to the present. In words that became famous, he described his party as the party of Lincoln, which unshackled the necks of four million human beings. He wrote this line. On Do that again, Republicans. Yeah. Uh, he wrote this line on September 12th, 1912, in a letter expressing his... Huh? 1912. Damn, he was old. And a letter expressing his anxiety over the looming presidential election. And that letter, he concluded, I ask that every colored man in the North who has a vote to cast would cast that vote for the regular Republican Party and thus bury the Democratic Party so deep that there will not be they will not be seen even a bobble coming from the spot where the burial took place. Or bubble, sorry. Damn. Yeah. Basically, fuck the police coming straight from the underground. Yeah. Now, Smalls was a delegate of the 1868 South Carolina Constitutional Convention, where he worked to make free compulsory schooling available to all South Carolina children. He served as a delegate at at several Republican national conventions and also participated in the South Carolina Republican State Conventions. In 1868, Smalls was elected to the South Carolina House of Representatives. He was very effective introducing the Homestead Act and the Civil Rights Bill, the latter of which he worked to pass. In 1870, Jonathan Jasper Wright was elected judge at the South Carolina Supreme Court, and Smalls was elected to fill his unexpired time in the Senate. He continued in the Senate, winning the 1872 election against W.J. Whipper. Imagine starting out as a slave and then ending up a U.S. senator. Yeah. Right. Uh, Whip, uh, in the Senate, he was considered to be a very good speaker and debater. Uh, he was Some might, some might call say... him a master of the art. Yeah, <laughs> he was on, mm-hmm. he was on the finance committee and chairman of the public printing. We are committee. children. <laughs> oh, for sure. I... Smalls was a delegate to the National Republican Convention in 1872 in Philadelphia, which nominated the incumbent Grant for re-election as president. In 1876 in Cincinnati, which nominated Hayes, and in the 1884 in Chicago, which nominated Blaine, and then continuously to all conventions until 1896. He was elected vice president of the South Carolina Republican Party at their 1872 state convention. In 1873, Smalls was appointed lieutenant colonel of the 3rd Regiment, South Carolina State Militia. He was later promoted to brigadier general of the 2nd Brigade, South Carolina Militia, and a major general of the 2nd Division, South Carolina State Militia. He held this position until 1877 when Democrats took control of the state government. In 1874, Smalls was elected to the United States House of Representatives, where he served two terms from 1875 to 1879. 
From 1882 to 1883, he represented South Carolina's 5th Congressional District in the House. The state legislature gerrymandered district boundaries, thereby including Beaufort and other heavily black coastal areas in South Carolina's Congressional District, and providing other nearby districts substantial white majorities. Uh, Smalls was elected from the 7th District and served from 1884 to 1887. In 1875, he opposed the transfer of troops out of the South, fearing the effect of such a move on the safety of blacks in the South. During consideration of the bill, he reduced and restructured, or to reduce and restructure the United States Army, Smalls introduced an amendment that hereafter, in the enlistment of men in the Army, no distinction whatsoever, whatsoever shall be made on account of race or color. However, the amendment was not considered by Congress. He was the last Republican elected from the 5th District until 2010 when Mick Mulvaney took office. He was the second longest serving African-American member of Congress behind his contemporary Joseph Rainey. That doesn't even matter, though, then. What? If he was the last Republican elected until 2010, that just means the Democratic Party changed during that time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So he wasn't really. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Uh yeah, he was the second longest serving African-American until the mid-20th century. After the Compromise of 1877, the U.S. government withdrew its remaining forces from South Carolina and other southern states. Conservative southern bourbon Democrats, who called themselves the Redeemers, had resorted to violence and election fraud to regain control of the state legislature. I'm going to be honest with you, that is on some alt-right shit. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The Proud Boys or some yep. shit. Mm-hmm. Calling themselves the Redeemers. <laughs> what is the obsession with racists coming up with names that sound like actual fucking villain origin stories? Right. <laughs> I just love the, 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 the white nationalists who use the Punisher logo. Oh, yeah. Like, they literally have no idea what the Punisher is. Y'all, no. my roommate, the white one, I don't think he knows what he's done, but he did buy some tiki torches and put them outside my house. <laughs> And I'm not sure how to confront him about that. I, to be fair, he did only buy them because he put citronella oil in them to keep the yeah, bugs away while you did, guys are on the he porch. He did, and he and he ta- was, and he texted me about it. Purely practical. Purely practical. Yeah. Surely, however, has he asked about being replaced? No. And you should be all right. Probably. <laughs> I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about the message that it sends to others around us. <laughs> I'm not necessarily trying to invite a certain type of person to come into my yard and speak to me. Right. So, uh, yeah, as part of the wide-ranging white efforts to reduce African-American political power, Smalls was charged and convicted of taking a bribe five years earlier in connection with the awarding of a printing contract. He was pardoned as part of an agreement with, by which charges were also dropped against Democrats arrested of ele- accused of a election fraud. The scandal took a political toll, and he was defeated by Democrat George D. Tillman in 1878, and again narrowly in 1880. He successfully contested the 1880 result and regained the seat in 1882. Nice. In 1884, he was elected to fill a seat in a different district. He was nominated for Senate, but defeated by Wade Hampton in December of 1884. That is the whitest name. Wade Hampton? Yeah. 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 During this period in Congress, he supported racial integration legislation, supported a pension for the widow of his former Major General David Hunter, and advised... No, that's it. 
I literally was thinking, what is a whiter name than Wade and Hunter came up? Yep. Well, David Hunter. David's David Hunter. Yeah, yeah mm. that's that's about as white as it gets. And he advised South Carolina blacks to refrain from immigrating to the North and Midwest or to Liberia. Fuck Liberia, I guess. Yeah. In 1890, he was. I don't know a, what it has to do with The only anything. thing I know about Liberia is that one Michael Jackson song, Liberian Girl. That's it. <laughs> yeah. In 1890, he was appointed by President Benjamin Harrison as collector of the Port of Beaufort, a position he held until 1913, except during Democrat Grover Cleveland's second term. Smalls was active into the 20th century. He was the leading color delegate to the 19, 1895 South Carolina Constitutional Convention. Together with five other black politicians, he strongly opposed the dominant Democratic white delegates as they implacably wrote disenfranchisement. Implacably? Implacably? I've mm-hmm. never heard that word. It means um, unmovably. Okay. Or determinedly. Gotcha. Uh, wrote, disenfra- wrote disenfranchisement, no, disfranchisement of the state's black citizens into a proposed constitution. Seeking to publicize this blatantly discriminatory clause, they wrote an article for the New York Yeah, and for anybody who's like, oh, it was all about fucking states' rights. No, it wasn't. States' rights to what? Thank you. Um, It was always about racism and owning people. Always. Yeah. But yeah, they wrote an article for the New York World. However, they were outnumbered and the new constitution was adopted, as were similar state constitutions across the South. For many decades, these documents survived legal challenges that reached the U.S. Supreme Court, resulting in both the exclusion of African Americans from political participation and the crippling of the Republican Party throughout the region. In the late 1890s, he began to suffer from diabetes. He Hold turned- on. What was the name of that time period? Laws, something laws. Jim, Jim Crow? Crow. Jim Crow. Yeah. That's, this is the beginning of that. Right. Uh, he turned down an offer of a colonelcy of the Black Regiment in the Spanish-American War and an appointment to the position of Minister of Liberia. Though, Liberian there's Liberia. Yeah. Though Smalls was not officially involved with politics on the local level, he did have some influence. In 1913, in one of his final actions as community leader, he played an important role in stopping a lynch mob. It is mob. a West African country. Yeah. Uh, from stopping a lynch mob from killing two black suspects in the murder of a white man. He pressured the mayor, saying that blacks he had sent throughout the city would burn the town if the mob did not stop. The mayor and sheriff stopped the mob. That's on That's on some real Django shit. Yeah. Say that again? He, there was, he, um, in one of I his final actions, Liberia. in one of his final actions as community leader, he played an important role in stopping a lynch mob from killing two black suspects in the murder of a white man. He pressured the mayor, saying that blacks he had sent throughout the city would burn the town down if the mob was not stopped. Hey, you know, this reminds me of that, um, <clears throat> a couple of different things. I'm going to just go on a little tangent here for a second about that. Um, first of all, hardcore. Second of all, uh, that reminds me of that meme, that post that's like uh, chapter one, the power of defeating racism with love or whatever. It's like defeating bigotry with love. Uh, it doesn't work. Chapter two, the power of incredible violence. Yep. Like it's literally, like, I am, I have said it before and I'll say it again. I'm, I'm a pacifist. I do not believe in personal violence, like hurting another person. But 
I will say that as groups of humans, occasionally, sometimes you have to riot. Right. Like you have to fucking if listen, to be fair with y'all, uh other white people out there, not people who happen to be white, but like white people. Uh, we've been dealing with y'all shit for like 400 years or something like that. <laughs> and I got to tell you, you have a very limited amount of time left before the people who are way more violent than me, which is everybody, it, they're coming for you. And I'm not going to stop them. I may even help. Like, it's really that bad. Fucking fix it. Or don't and get eaten. I don't care. Whichever. It'll get fixed with or without you is what I'm saying. One of my all-time favorite memes is... uh when the race war finally breaks out and I'm the one who has to kill Tony Hawk. And it's the the clip from the, the movie where it's the black dude in the suit. I I can't remember what movie it's oh, from. Oh, I, I know what you're talking about, though. And pointing the gun and crying. Yeah. Are you talking about fucking Pulp Fiction? No. No, not the no, same no, what, he, one he's more He's crying time. as he's pointing the gun. Oh, oh, f- shit. I know, what, I know what scene you're talking yeah. about, though. Fuck. Oh, that's good. I like that a lot. That reminds me. Oh, oh, they fucking Key and Peele parodied that. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw the other night. I don't know if they did the whole movie, but somebody did a stage play of Pulp Fiction done by Shakespeare. That actually sounds really interesting. That's, and the, yeah. like, the scene that I saw was the scene about say what one more time. Say what one more time. But I implore thee. Yeah, I mean, it was completely different. It was It was crazy. Oh, it's yeah. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Did You saw that Tony Hawk replied to this tweet. I did not. What did he say? <laughs> he appreciate... said, I appreciate the hesitation, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony, we love you, but I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, with his first wife, Hannah Jones Smalls, whom he married on December 24th, 1856, Robert Smalls had three children, Elizabeth Lydia, um, Robert Jr., uh, who died at age two, and Sarah it's always the ones they name after themselves. Mm-hmm. Always. And Sarah Voorhees. Uh, yeah, I don't think I would have survived if I had been named after my father. Truly. Like, I really yeah. think I would have died. <laughs> Just uh, randomly. I don't know. Uh, Quantum physics or something. Hannah Jones Smalls had two daughters before she had met and married Robert Smalls, Charlotte Jones and Clara Jones. Smalls and his family were affiliated with the Baptist Church and attended Berean Baptist Church while living in Washington, D.C., Smalls was a Prince Hall Mason. The world is different now because if yes. now if you're a Republican Baptist in the South, I do not trust you. Right. Period. Uh, Smalls was a Prince Hall Mason as a member of the Sons of Beaufort Lodge Number 36. Oh, so he's yeah, obviously he's a aligned Mason with the devil. Too. Hannah Smalls died on July 28, 1883. On April 9, 1890, uh, Robert Smalls married Shit. Annie E. Wig, a Charleston school teacher who bore him one son, Robert Smalls, or William Robert Smalls, Annie Smalls died on November 5th, 1895. Can we maybe deep dive Freemasonry one time? Oh, yeah, we're going yeah. to. Absolutely. Okay, cool. It's a weird one. Yeah. yeah. So Smalls died. Uh, before we say too much, my brother is a Freemason. Yeah. <laughs> so. That is a piece of information yeah. that you've just given Sure me. is, isn't it? That's weird. Yeah, he's a Master Mason. Nice. So, I guess. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know enough about I'm it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I don't know enough about it. I, I, so Smalls died of malaria and diabetes on February 23rd, 1915, at the age of 75. My great uncle was a Shriner. That's very different. That's yeah. very different. 
He was buried in his family's plot in the churchyard of the Tabernacle Baptist Church in downtown Beaufort. The monument to Smalls in in this churchyard is inscribed with his 1895 statement to the South Carolina legislature. My race needs no special defense, for the past history of them in this country proves them to be the equal of any people anywhere. They all they need is an equal chance in the battle for life. Like, like truly say that quote again. My race needs no special defense for the past history of them in this country proves them to be the equal of any people anywhere. All they need is an equal chance in the battle of life. Turns out we don't even really need that because we're way stronger than that. Yeah, for sure. As evidenced by, I don't know, all of white people in America aping our culture forever (laughs) and us living through it anyway. Anyway, Freemasonry is literally about masonry, like fucking rocks. It's it's just it's literally just weird that it's still a thing. Literally, the blurb on Google says Freemasonry or masonry refers to a fraternal organizations that trace their origins to the local guilds of stonemasons that from the end of the 13th century regulated the qualifications of stonemasons and their interactions with authorities and clients. I know it's like it's like Christian men only mm-hmm. is yeah. the thing, though. It's literally we are going to have to do an episode about this. The last thing I they're remember. super secretive too. Yeah. like secret handshakes. And to shit. become a Freemason, the applicant has to be an adult male and must believe in the existence of a supreme being and in the immortality of the soul. The teachings of Freemasonry uh, enjoin uh, morality, charity, and obedience to the law of the land, right. which doesn't necessarily go with charity or morality but fine it's yeah uh, well we'll get real into it at we some will point. Oh, yeah. i have opinions i don't know about what yet but we'll f- figure it out we'll we'll all have our opinions by the end of it i'm sure i don't necessarily have like a super it's fine the, I, was saying, I don't, I don't like even fine. know if they're, they're gonna be weird. good or bad opinions yet like, i haven't looked into yeah. it yet i don't know i, don't I thought know, i wanted to think i feel any type of way about a thing like it's just like a, <laughs> like a club of white dudes i don't know like <laughs> but like the cool kind i think i'm not sure i don't know it depends on which side you fall on, because they're also satanic and in line with. Yeah, de- depending on who you ask. Yeah. Well, they're part of the Illuminati. If there was, well, that means they're probably cool. <laughs> there was an old uh, video that was. It was about like showing white people what prejudice looks like, and there was a guy like out on the the street like crying about Satan and all this stuff. And um, he's like, we have to get rid of the the blacks and the Jews. And there's this like white dude in a hat that's uh, standing there talking to another dude. And he's like, yeah, and the blacks, yeah, and the Jews, yeah, and the Freemasons. And he's like, now nah, wait a second, I- I'm a Freemason. Mm-hmm. And and then there's like this other guy explains to him, well, it's like, oh, so now you know what it's like to experience a very minor form of prejudice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like an old, old black and white informational type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I like the one where it's like uh <clears throat> it's the one about a like a German guy hearing all the shit that America was saying, like in the fucking sixties about the Vietnam War. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he was like, Oh, that that sounds a lot like Nazis. That's why I left Germany. Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if only they heard it now. 
But Jesus that's that's Christ. the story of Robert Smalls. I figured we'd start a new year with a upbeat story. And I love a good history. Yeah. Too, you know. Honestly, if I could do the thing that um, Aragorn does in the Return of the King, and he summons a ghost army. Yeah. If I could summon the ghosts of every black soldier that died in the fucking Civil War, and have them listen to four. Seconds of Alex Jones, they would kill every white person in the country. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's truly, I I don't know how we got back here. Like, it's wild. It's you, you wish you could use uh, Daryl's cantrip from the first season of Dungeons and Daddies, where he summons his forefathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, and like his own dad. His own dad. Yeah. And then uh, uh, the, the coach from Rudy. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very good. Speaking of, we did listen to another episode. They're still in the... the uh, Imagine field. a million Django's. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. you know... They're in uh, Oakvale? Yeah, they're in Oakvale. Gotcha. And Glenn has got a plan that he's going to blow the place up if need be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been working on that for yeah. like two, three episodes it's, at that point. Uh, it. But yeah, they just they yeah. got the the vampire. They were in the room with the keyboard, and um, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. They had to go play um, uh, first edition. Yeah, D&D. first edition D and D. Oh yeah, I yeah. love that part. <laughs> we're just like you get also, poisoned, I, you're dead. Something is calling my name, and I is it is it a blunt? It might be. Well, we'll get this wrapped up then. Um, I mean, not I'm not going for the blunt, but I don't want to we keep going from it. We don't care about time here on this podcast. <laughs> no. So, as always, uh, if you like what we do and you can financially support us, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Two Towns Over. And we are introducing... Some new tiers. Some new tiers. Some tiers. Uh, we we mentioned one last Top week. Top ten tiers on our tier list. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned a new one the past couple weeks a $15 tier uh, that is the key to the kingdom or the key to the city tier um, and that is uh, you get a keychain you get handcrafted handcrafted one of a kind keychain for now it does not have the key to the city on it that is no. entirely metaphorical that's yes. fully up to you to go earn that from your current your city we only have access to one city and it's honestly they don't let us see the key that often yeah no no, no. So. uh that's a fifteen dollar tier. They uh, said we have to get at least a thousand patrons on yes. our fifteen dollar tiers until we can get. <laughs> yeah, we get we get the key to Fernandina mm-hmm. once we. Mm-hmm. So keeping in mind that fifteen dollar tier does grant well, we you. We get to a, borrow it for like a week. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's you don't a, get it's to a, keep it. It's, it's like a deal. We signed a contract. It's fine. Yeah, but uh, you do get access to all the other um, the previous the tiers. previous tiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we are also adding a twenty dollar tier. Which is the ghost. We're going to call it the Ghost Stroke Groupies. Yes. You will be getting a. All that shit we mentioned before. Yes. Plus a customized, not customized, but a lanyard, a backstage pass to the Ghost Strokes post-mortem tour. Uh, we're working on that backstage pass, getting you access and other things. We're, we're working on that. We're, we're working on that. It, it will probably have a little bit more to it. Yeah. But yeah, for yeah, now, yeah. you get the lanyard. It'll be, it'll say two towns over on the 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 strap our plan is to blow up and act like we only know people with ghost strokes backstage pass yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then if you come up to me on the street and you try to talk about the podcast and you don't have a ghost strokes backstage pass around your neck i will slap you (laughs) 
And then we with are, love. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you a hug and apologize and like pat you on the head. But, but then I will turn you rules. away. I'm so sorry. Pow. Yeah. <laughs> Skippity pow. I will immediately turn you away after I do that, that is my if you don't have now. a pass. We're scloopity blooping. What? I've been watching on TikTok. There's this. I don't know the guy, and I wish I would remember to like follow him. He narrates cat videos mm, of mm, cats like mm, smacking people, mm, mm, and he's like, "I'm going to get you the skippity pap on the head." What do you think of that? Oh, skippity pap, skippity pap. Anyway, like a lot. It's very rhythmic and good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we have a twenty-five dollar as yet unnamed tier, and what we plan to do with that is uh, starting in January. So we'll be starting fresh in January. We will be introducing a. You will get a T-shirt from us, a specialized T-shirt. Every quarter, so every three months. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Anyways, so I gotta do more research. <laughs> it's well, all all of that subject to change yeah, later at any point in time. Like it, you may not permanently forever get a T-shirt every three months. Right. It's, at some point, we may run out of T-shirt ideas. That's yeah. true. We are just humans, right? It's, or or we may end up with you know we may hit an algorithm overnight, and the next day we have. Too many patrons for us to be able to keep up the system of sending uh, a T-shirt to every single one every right. three months. Anyway, so, help us blow up and you get more T-shirts as well. Yeah, there you go. We're trying to blow up and act like we don't know no one. <laughs> so and we, we need your help. We need your and, help. We do know you right now. Right. So make help us blow up and then we'll act like we don't know no one. Yeah. So this is the key. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, I, you know. And speaking of patrons, we do have a new patron. Uh, so hey. I'm just going to go ahead and read all the patrons' names. It's been a while. Yeah, it has so been a while since we got we've done Muddy Blairy, Katie Reitzel, Amanda Galilli, Jonathan Brada, Carly, Whitney Ketchum, Erica Engel, John D, Luis Navidad, Beth Lawrence, Pat Zabrowski, Amy Rennie, Jordan Whitley, Aaron Rutledge, Lex Be Better, Pirate King Luffy, Ogade Khan, and our newest Angela. Period. That's good. Just Angela. Angela, period. No, period. There's a period. Angela, period. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just yeah. Angela. Uh-huh. It's like it's like Carly and Angela. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm fully convinced that Carly only still listens because we say her name different than everybody else's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's called viewer retention. <laughs> that's that little personalized touch you can expect from us <laughs> when you subscribe to our Patreon. Did I say Facebook? I can't remember. Facebook.com slash TTO pod. Send us messages. That's, That's where us. we are. We That's do it. it. You talk to us there. Yeah. We also, have a Discord. Fucking yeah. whatever. Only patron. The patron. Only Patrons Discord. are in a Discord. Yeah. yeah. Um, love love seeing on, y'all talk in the Discord. I'm working on making a more, uh, uh, like a wider Discord. We're, we're going to figure that out within the next couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. Everybody yeah, who's yeah, not yeah, a patron. Yeah. But for right now, subscribe to our Patreon. You get to. You'd be on Discord. Yeah. yeah. And Come talk get, to us. Sometimes yeah. we send pictures of tattoos. Yeah, there's, I, I always see Ogade Khan and Katie Reitzel and a couple other people just mm-hmm. always in there having conversations. Mm-hmm. It's Unfortunately, cool. there are some people who use different names, and I'm not sure who they are. Yeah, I don't. it's, it's, it's a mystery, truly. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, also, we have an Audible link. It's audibletrial.com slash ttopod. Uh, if you try that. This you... week, I'm going to recommend, um, actually, this is the perfect time to recommend that book. Uh, let me go find it. Oh, have you not already recommended it? I have, but this is a better time. Oh, true. I want to recommend it again, just for anybody who didn't hear us the first time. I still have not gotten to read this. I really, really want to. Yeah, I haven't either. But I don't want, I won't pirate this one, because it's so fitting for today's episode. It's called Friday Black, and it's by Nanakwame Ajay Brynja, which I did have to practice that, because oh, I, yeah. I'm, I was raised in the South, so... 
but uh, it is a series of short stories that are like sort of sci-fi horror short stories that mm-hmm. are um, attempting one, to relate what it's like growing up in America as a black person. One of them is literally about a death loop. Yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting concept, and I've read exactly three minutes of it. <laughs> but I think it's a it's, it's a fucking rad concept, and you should all read it with me so that we can do like a book club. That would be a perfect Discord server. Yeah, at thirty dollar tier, we'll you can do a book club with us once a month. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be with me because I'm reading too much for the fucking show. I don't yeah. get to read for fun anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, read that fucking book. That's all. That's all I got. Uh, is there anything else we need to shout out? Shouts out to the plant babies and their moms. Shouts out to the go. plant babies and their moms. Fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. And I'm even wearing the fuck cancer shirt today. You sure are. Be good to yourselves. And, you know, uh, my sign off. <laughs> <laughs> and goodbye. Goodbye.